You are listening to Bad Bitch Hysteria Radio. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of Poppin' Off Pink. I am Chi-Chi, and I am joined here by two lovely heavenly bodies, Junie Mars and Kimber. It's me. I'm going to let both of them introduce themselves. Uh, Junie, why don't you get us started? Hello, everybody. My name is Junie Mars, and I'm born and raised in New York City. And I'm really happy to be on this show because I'm a big fan a big fan of creativity and empowerment for women. And so I'm obviously way behind hip-hop. I love hip-hop and how it gives a voice to women, so I'm so excited for us to talk about that on this show. I'm Kimber, and I'm basically Whitney with the shits. I (laughs) firmly believe in women's empowerment and just... Acknowledging women as human beings first and women second. Um, And I think that this podcast is definitely going to help promote that for the future and whatnot. And um, one thing that's really important to me is just happiness, no matter what the circumstance. And I feel that every woman should have that ability and that privilege to discover what that is. And like I said, I'm Chi-Chi. Um, hmm, why am I here? <laughs> First, where did I come from? I am originally from Chicago, born in Chi-Town. <laughs> and um, I am also the founder of Hip Hop Scriptures. And one of the reasons we're here is because I am a huge fan of hip hop, obviously, but I'm also a, a, a huge fan of hip hop podcasts and radio shows. And I found it very interesting, um, and by interesting, I'm shaking my head, um, that (laughs) so many artists and women in hip-hop are discussed on these shows, but we are not leading the conversation. So I thought it was time for us to lead the conversation, Um, and we have a lot to cover today, and I think that's a great segue, because one of the things we're going to cover first is some of the historical figures in hip-hop that are women and um, I'm going to start with Salt and Pepper because I think it's appropriate that we are pushing it, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> yes. We're pushing the culture forward, especially where it stands with hip hop radio. So um, let's just talk about it. I mean, like, I feel like I'm automatically disqualified from this because I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> like a couple years, you guys, junior. So for me, um, my first glimpse at hip hop, if anything, was not um, so much Salt and Pepper. Like, if anything, I saw Salt and Pepper, Queen Latifah, MC Light, like all of those people way, way, way down the line. Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. I had two Jamaican parents that, you know, it's like, it's either Buju Banton and Barry's Heaven and Bob Marley mm-hmm. or like, we're listening to like the Bee Gees and Stevie Wonder. So it was like a very eclectic mix, but mm-hmm. none of which kind of like exposed me to hip hop. Yeah. What about Patra? She's, I feel like you she's see, part like, of it. No? I, I know nothing of Patra. No butterfly? I only know that she has like 
long braids <laughs> and she's going on a romantico or whatever. <laughs> like, that's all I know. Hydra. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I'm pretty, pretty, um. So then you mentioned here. some other people, right? Mm-hmm. Just generally across the whole spectrum. Yeah. Who was the first female hip hop artist that made you go, yeah? Lauren Hill. Oh, mm. she's so dope. That was like my, I think she was actually, she released the Miseducation album already. And I'd been hearing it on the radio. Like I had like a little toy radio and all these little stations were just starting out. And then um, eventually her CD ended up in my, in my hands. And that was like the first time I've heard anyone like rap really or like. And without any kind of vulgarity, too, Mm -hmm. because that was one reason why my parents were like so anti hip hop, because to them it was just slackness. Like it was just profanity and, you know, like, I mean, they're kind of squares anyway, because that's kind of my life now. Like I'm basically like a hippie gypsy pirate (laughs) and I'm just with everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a similar like upbringing in terms of. Hip hop. It was something like I would sneak to listen right. to. Right, like it was taboo. It was like so in my dad's car. Mm-hmm. All we could do was listen to jazz. Yeah, smooth jazz. CD one hundred one point nine was like he, the station. You know, he he was in the jazz industry, so like he mm. was obsessed. And you know, I mean, that's all I knew. And then with my mom, she was really into news, news radio. Oh God, uh, you know. So my parents they liked music, but mm. it wasn't. That kind of music. It was so, more refined. Yeah. So when I got to school, like when I started, I went to public school my whole life. When I went to school, my friends started talking about, I didn't have cable either. Oh, God. Okay. So my friends would talk about like, oh, did you see that music video? Right. You know? And I'd be like, no, I don't have cable. <laughs> <laughs> but I was fortunate, you know, to have a radio. Yeah. And because I had a radio, I could listen to Hot 97, mm-hmm. you know, WBLS. like, And that's when I first heard any like hip hop I remember remember that song by Queen Latifah U-N-I-T-Y that was like I think that was the first song that I heard like Mm -hmm. on the radio and I remember like singing along with and you know I was so young that I was like but what it's like you and I Mm -hmm. what's the T-Y you know I didn't even know she was spelling Spelling. out (laughs) (laughs) but there was something really empowering about this woman who, like, you know, what I really, what I really appreciated about like hip hop back in the day was like, it wasn't about wearing tight outfits necessarily, yeah. what you wore, what your hair looked like. I mean, that was something that was important, mm-hmm. but it was also just about what you were saying lyrically. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that definitely you could, had to be able to like freestyle, yes. like really be capable of like writing your own shit and just like you know, ready to rock at any time and you had to be fresh, not so much sexy. Yes. Yeah. Fresh, talented, and that Ro- raw talent. Roxanne Chante actually still, everything's off the top. Like I've seen some recent interviews of her mm-hmm. and it's just amazing. And she actually talks a little bit about her methodology for being able to freestyle off the top that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if you guys saw the movie. I yes, saw I did. Yeah, so I good. Did. Yeah. So the fact that she... Marshala I, Ali, like, oh. I know oh he was God. horrible, but oh my God. <laughs> he is like a scoop of <laughs> all kinds of chocolate ice cream. I just had to put that out there. He's such a good actor. He definitely though. was the right guy for that role. 
Yes. He had yeah. that he had that crazy laugh. He's right for anything. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean I didn't grow up listening to her, but right. I grew up listening to WGCI. Shout out to WGCI. And um I think the person I connected with most um the first time was MC Light, to your mm. point. The lyrical and the cha cha cha. But for whatever reason, when Georgie Porgy came out, I just lost my mind. Like, even now, if I hear that song, I will lose my mind. Mm. So MC Light was the first one that I connected to. Mm. And what it, like, for both of you, like, what was it about the specific songs that you first heard when you first were introduced to hip-hop that, like, moved you? Um, well, my father is a musician, so I was always into, like, I was always exposed to production and... You know, the birth of a song, the process. Um, So I was always paying attention to, even though I didn't really acknowledge it at the time because I was just too young to really understand, I was always drawn to, like, the production, just, like, the music, the arrangement, um, the lyrics, and, like, the... I guess like the impact because I've come to realize that the reason why music is so powerful is because it's a projection of energy. Mm -hmm. So like that didn't really come to me until like down the line, but definitely um, production was what had me like, wow, like this is amazing. Like um, A. Marie's song, for example, that hit single, Why Don't We Fall In Love. Oh, I love this song. Like just that beautiful little music box sound and like everything. I was just like, it was stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Just off of that, you know, that instrumental, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think music is about feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, for Definitely. sure. Yeah, my mom sang professionally, and my dad also was in a jazz band, but I grew up listening to a lot of weird music. Um, well, weird for the kids I went to school with, right. like Fleetwood Mac yeah. and Tina Marie. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, my God, girl, you're, like, white. You listen to, like, white people yeah. music. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. So when I, for me, it's um, a feeling also, but also the lyrics. I grew up writing poetry, so mm-hmm. listening to someone like Lauryn Hill or MC Light, um, that was, like, everything because I'm paying attention to every single word, the cadence. And that's actually what also drew, drew me later on to, like, Nas because I'm like, oh, he's a storyteller, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what's what is so powerful about like hip hop when it first originated. It told a story. You can mm-hmm. see, you can literally follow someone from you know when they started out to mm-hmm. like whatever moment they were talking about, and that's the power. I love storytelling. I love yeah. that. The progression yeah. was definitely more like present. Now I feel like there are, are some artists out there where you can kind of get a sense of where they are based on like the theme of their album or the concept, like Drake, for example, I feel like um, Views from the Six was like a very gluttonous album. Like there were too many pulls on like different eras of music. Mm -hmm. And then the lyrics, it's like, it just sounds like a drug induced, like weird, um, you know, like he's been hanging out with Future too much. Mm -hmm. And you kind of get a sense of like where he is in his career at that time. But I don't really feel like that's out there so much anymore. I feel like everyone's kind of just, like, following whatever's trendy now. Everyone's, like, you know, rolling off mollies and just trying to get to the bag. And I'm just like, okay. So you said Views was more, like, all over the place. And I tend to yeah. agree. But what about Scorpion? Scorpion, to me, didn't really make much of an impression. And given that it came on the heels of this whole, like, push a T thing... 
it it's like I I mean I I pretty much predicted it. Everyone's like, "Where's the response?" I'm like, "He's just gonna be like, I wasn't trying to hide my son." Blah 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 blah. And sure enough, that's exactly what he did. It was just kind of a predictable cop out, really. Mm-hmm. I I don't get the sense that it's it's not typical Drake. Like, yeah. there's like a tightly laced kind of thing about him. Like, I feel like he's kind of the spoiled brat of the industry. Like, he gets the wow. best beats. He gets the most intricate. You know, well, 40s, his producer, and he right. was with him before he became Drake. So, I mean, the best beats right. come from his, his guy. Right. But I feel like Drake gets all of that. Like, Drake gets taken care of. And in this case, it was just kind of like a rushed, like, all right, we're just going to get it out there. We're going to write some catchy zingers because, you know, like, I am the initiator of the culture and the hashtags. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really get Drake. I got, like desperation Hmm. drake i felt like he did what he did in the first response to push a t which was Mm. he really came for kanye west Mm. and then throughout the entire album to your point it was very buttoned up but it was really more of an attack of kanye which i mean from listening around the industry it seems that that march 14th song where he reveals everything that happened with his son Mm. was played for Kanye prior to Pusha T dropping the infamous diss record. Mm. Yeah, I don't know why they come for the king, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. What do you what do you both think about Drake's two videos that, you know, feature women? Mm, I feel like like I don't know so much that it comes from him. Mm. Like I don't get the sense that his personal touches in it. Um, chances are, like, you know, the same way they claim he has a ghostwriter, he has this amazing producer behind him, it could just very well be a packaged concept from someone else that lives up to the image that Drake creates through his music, where it's like, I'm pro-women, I love all shades and flavors or whatever. Like, I don't really get the sense that it's him. And... I hate to be that person, but seeing as though the mother of his child is a, what is she? She's French. Yeah, like a European porn star. I don't know that your whole, like, you know, natural hair, sundress, whatever, whatever, or having, like, Felicia Rashad in your latest thing really speaks to who you are. That's a good point. I mean, I don't necessarily think it's not authentic because he's always spoken to the emotional side, however cliche that may be. Mm. And we all know it's like a pun. It's a punchline at this point that he's always going to talk about his exes on all his songs. Yeah. So I feel like there is some of Drake in there. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know how much, but I feel like when I saw the first one, I was like, hmm, I liked it. I obviously liked the song, the one with um, Lauren Hill sample, yeah. Nice For What. And I was feeling the lyrics personally. Yeah. Um, I just, and it was. I wish it would have been a little bit more women that we didn't know. I felt like it was oh, mm-hmm. really saturated with celebrities. I felt like it would have been You know what, more... though? I felt like what I really did appreciate about the videos, A, was a woman who directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, she directed Karina Evans. She directed uh, Nice For What. And, and she directed the and one. And In My Feelings. Yeah. And I love that he used a woman's perspective. And then the women that he did feature, I felt like they were women that you know of, but they're not as celebrated. Mm. So that's what I did appreciate about it. You know, that's what I liked about Nice For What. And it showed, you know, Yara Shahidi 
love and her. who I love and yeah. admire, you know, and and Issa Rae, all these yeah. women who are sort of really doing interesting and dynamic things. Mm-hmm. And that I did appreciate about Nice For What. Yeah, I mean, it's always good when anyone and any woman can make it onto a platform where they're, like, celebrated as they should be. But I'm, like, a huge conspiracy theorist, <laughs> and I'm probably not going to have the most popular opinion from now. It's like, I don't know, I just tend to question the authenticity and the intent of the content that certain people put out, especially in this day and age. I mean, that's just so. Me. <laughs> let's go back to your fave. What did you think of Yay, the album? Listen, I will never speak against Kanye Omari <laughs> West. I'm telling you that right now. Yay was incredible, but I was also like, I listened to it high and I listened to it sober. I cried when I listened to it high. Like, the Ghost Town is like one of my favorite songs on that album. It's just like an adorable little children's play. <laughs> like it just kind of created that image to me. Like it had like a child's heart in it. And I loved Yikes. Like he let everybody have it. Drake he let Yikes. He let Russell Simmons have it. It's just, I don't know. Like I loved that album and I liked um, Kids See Ghosts as well. Like I'm just so down with like the whole good music. Mm-hmm. progression. I feel like they're doing unconventional things and they're pushing the envelope and the people that are down are going to be down and the people that don't get it just don't get it. So Yikes was co-written by Drake. Interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's like the timetable is just really weird with this whole situation because like on that same album, I feel like Kanye was kind of taking a jab at Drake when he was like, um, I'm trying to remember which song it was. Uh, but he's like, um, you know, like, I'm too rich to fight you. Like, truth be told, I like you. I'm too rich to fight you. And mm-hmm. then, like, the music kind of cuts him off where he's like, you know, basically saying, sit your ass down, light skin. Like, I feel like that was kind of like a jab yeah, at Drake on the same he album. he goes on Twitter and he's like, you know, everything's love. You're my brother. Hence the comeback on Scorpion where... Part, I mean, here, let me just give a full disclaimer. So my uncle won a Grammy for production on one of Kanye's albums. And Whoa. I am also one of his biggest fans, but I am a little bit more tough love mm-hmm. when it comes to Kanye. No, I am an Especially enabler. given Completely the enabler. nonsense that happened with Rhymefest. Shout out to Rhymefest on Twitter. That was utter nonsense. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to even delve into that right now. So been to like three of his concerts, full disclosure. Mm-hmm. However... Yay, maybe three songs that I put in my, you know, you have, I think everyone has yeah. like their regular playlist yeah. and they just kind of add stuff to it. Um, Kids See Ghosts, mm-hmm. listen to it nonstop, backwards, forwards, all day long. Mm. Life of Pablo will still listen right. to it backwards. For I just wasn't able to, and that doesn't mean, you know, I know a lot of people did connect to Yay, but personally, there weren't tracks that I just was like, I connect to this. I can't. It was just kind of like I was on the outs for the first time. Yeah. I listened to a Kanye West album and I felt like I was on the outside okay. looking in instead of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That diehard, 
and I still am, but that diehard fan that like, oh, yes, I know exactly what he means with this. Mm -hmm. This connects to this, this, this in my life. It just was like really disconnected for me. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I definitely can say like it's not his typical, it's not his best, but I feel like he is one of those artists that have illustrated where he is in his life. Like Yeezus went over everybody's head, but I felt like he was at that point where he's like, I've hit the pinnacle, I have everything I want, what do I do now? Like, I'm getting too big for the space I'm in. That's how I took it. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, with this, like, I thought about killing you. Like, that was like a church sermon for me. I'm like, yes, because I have these thoughts every day. Um, for, does your boyfriend know this? Yeah, okay. he's well just, aware. Just so we Shout out. Shout out to him. He's fully aware. <laughs> Shout out to Johnny. But, um, I don't know. I just I feel like he's at a certain place in his life and it's spilling over into his direction, his creative direction. Um, I'm just like I'm just like a a Kanye enabler. Like I'm with all of the shits like do whatever you want. Run amok. I'm like the mom that that's just not not. Just like whatever, come You're to me. It's okay, mom. Yeah, yeah, like I'm the, I'm like the last. So person. Kanye's in the, he's in the living room, like tearing feathers out the couch and fucking shit up. And he's you're just creating. like, go, go, go. Yeah, okay, I'm just like, it. it's it's okay. <laughs> and I'm the auntie that's going to come over. Right, and, like you're the stern one and I'm just go, like. Go in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> not me. Junie, what do you, you have any I thoughts? I mean, honestly, I'll tell you, I, I haven't listened to any of the albums you're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, so I can't really speak on that. The last Kanye album... I, I don't even know. But I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't speak on that because I don't know mu- enough about Kanye at this point in his life. Mm-hmm. I think I disconnected from him. A lot of people yeah, have because be everyone honest. is like, it's like a comfort zone. It's like, you know, graduation, yes. college those, dropout. Those like, two albums had me. I was like, yes, he gets It's I, like everybody. And if you hear it now, do you still get like yeah, in I a mean, groove? Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like college dropout and everything. It's like everybody's favorite soap. Like, oh yeah, this is the only thing I know. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're really down and I mean, this isn't, you know, I mean, I, I feel like everyone has the right to engage and express and all that however they feel but in my mind like Kanye is an intense individual that requires a great deal of devotion and you just have to know and understand that this is where we're going like even if you've been to like any of his shows at this point now, it's not even a concert. It's no, like it's, it's a like revival. a sermon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's totally different now. So I it's was like upset at this that point, Ultralight Beam wasn't nominated for a Grammy. And for people that I know personally or that I work with, I made them listen to that song. I'm like, if you don't listen to anything else off of Life of Pablo, listen to. And everyone that listened to it was like, this is an amazing song. So I, I feel like I gotta listen to it. Yeah, I feel like there yeah. was something political yeah. going on at that time. But to your point, I feel like. 808s needed to happen. Yes. Jesus needed to happen. But yes. I'll be honest, I didn't connect to 808s until well after, you know, the hype had died down. So maybe and I feel in like the future could, I'll connect to Yay. I don't know, but right now it's not happening. And it's like, it depends on where you are in your life too. 
like, you know, 808s, that was a sad time for him when, you know, he broke up with the magnificent Amber Rose. Mm-hmm. And Love was, Amber Rose. She is like a bacon, egg, and cheese on legs. Like, she is everything. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> okay. I'm not a hater of Amber Rose, but I'm not a fan either. Okay. Why? All right. I'm just not. Like, I can't fake the funk. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like you either, again, it's all about energy, connection. If I see a picture of her, I'm like, oh, she's really beautiful. But I'm not like, oh, she's being interviewed by such and such. Let me go listen to it. Like, I will tune it out. I'm just not able to connect to anything that she says. Yeah, like, you're just more of an intellectual type. And then you've started this podcast that's all about female empowerment backed by, like, you know, women of actual substance. I love Amber with all my heart and soul, but she is not a woman of substance. (laughs) She is literally, you know, what I'd like to be, but don't have the balls to be. Like, she's just out and about. Libra. Her birthday's two days before mine. Yeah. Like, she's really trippy. I do love her. Yeah. There's people that I love, but I am not a fan. That may sound weird, but I love her. Anyone who's able to bring people, even if I'm not behind whatever it is, that's special. Mm -hmm. Anyone that can connect to millions and hundreds of thousands of people, I don't even have to be a fan. I I salute you. Yeah, of course. I'm an appreciator. Hmm. I'm not really a fan of anyone. I'm an appreciator. So I appreciate work that moves people that creates new ideas that inspires but i wouldn't say oh my god i'm a fan like i don't really follow celebrities like that um but if i hear music that inspires me i will investigate right i will learn more about that celebrity you know what i'm glad you brought up amber because (laughs) we've talked about some of our favorite artists including some of the historic women in hip-hop but I think, especially now, if you say women in hip-hop, that could be anyone from someone from Love and Hip Hop, like Sin Santana, Hi Sin, love you. Um, Mm -hmm. That could be a DJ. Shout out to uh, Wonder Girl. I love Wonder Girl. She's so badass. A daughter like Destiny Jones, who has her Mm -hmm. own Lipmatic cosmetic line, right? Mm -hmm. Speaking of DJs, Lala. Okay. Lala. Everyone is like going insane over her being in the video today that came out in my feelings, but she actually started as a, v- a DJ and then a VJ on mm-hmm. MTV. And then she had her own, she's had at least, you guys cor- correct me if I'm wrong, she's had at least two reality shows. Because I remember the one yeah, was she about was like her. like the Flavor of Love hostess she was like the reunions. And then oh. she like slowly kind of made her way into more But of even the... before she did the show with um, her cousins. Oh, my God. I cannot remember their names. But it was like her friend and her cousin were the mm. main two girls oh, on the show. Yeah. She had a show before that that was like leading up to her marriage with to Carmelo, Carmelo. The fat cat. Oh. He's so fat now. <laughs> He's. I feel like all he does is eat Papa John's and play 2K. Papa John's used to be my guilty pleasure. Mm. Yeah, the sugary pizza. (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. You liked Papa John's? What? (laughs) What is wrong with... First of all, when you open the box, they include garlic dipping sauce. Garlic butter. It's just oil. Excuse me, garlic... Running down your chin. Running down, okay? Making you you break out on your chin. If you had a rough day, honey... Out of order. So you just dip that pizza in. It's already greasy. Then you make it even more greasy. What? Chichi, come on. I'm sorry. Are you still eating it? 
No, I don't really have dairy anymore. Is but it, oh, it's not because of the controversy. No, I don't. What's what Papa doing? <laughs> you made some pretty uh, oh, inflammatory that racist, racist comments. I mean, he's oh. like he, he w- got kicked out by of his own company for saying the n word in a in a meeting recently. Are we shocked though? Like, if you just look at him, he looks like your average guy with like spaghetti sauce all over his wife beater, hosing down his car in his front yard <laughs> with like a Coors Light in hand. Oh I'm not. God. I don't know what we expect from people anymore. Like at the end, like we have to remember that these people, these spokespeople are like people and they still have opinions and thoughts. And mm-hmm. though they may not be conducive to a happy world, it's out there. Like I, I just I don't know when we became such trick ass soft softies. <laughs> Where, like, someone slings the N-word and it's like... But, come on. Even before social media, I think, and since social media, mm-hmm. there's some level of common sense. Even if you're that guy, of there's course. just certain things you don't say. Like, when he said the nonsense about the NFL players that were kneeling, I'm like, okay. I, I wasn't eating his pizza anyway, but mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. You know, that's something that a lot of people probably just didn't have the balls to say, mm-hmm. whether I agree with it or not. But then it went from that into... Yeehaw, like racist, yeah. <laughs> Yee-hee, like overtly <laughs> racist territory. Mm. I don't know. I feel like true freedom is to accept all extremes, hmm. be it good, bad, or indifferent. And we keep saying we want freedom and world peace, but that's, to me, that's what it truly means, to accept all aspects, even if it's like the most horrible thing you can imagine like there's right and wrong but when it comes to opinion it's the spectrum is just way too broad for us to keep trying to like condense it into what we think it should be or what we want it to be especially if it's not entirely based on right and wrong like yeah he's saying all these like racial slurs but I feel like, you know, let him go down the street to pick up to the post office or whatever and get his ass beat. And that that'll that's his justice right there. Yeah. You know, like it's just like that's the natural order. But to try and like censor and like control and reprimand, it's like. I think a lot of people just focus too much on other people instead of that focusing as well. on their own. Development. Hello. That as well. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. It's just like, like stop trying to control everything and everyone around work on you. Your, work on being your best self first. Right. Like, are you racist? You may not be racist toward black people, but you know, maybe you'll see someone that's Asian and be like, oh, like mm-hmm. you know, like work on that. Yeah, I think we sis. all need to like check in, <laughs> sis. I think we all <laughs> need to check in with our own understandings of other people, our mm-hmm. own perceptions, our own insecurities before yeah. we start pointing fingers. You yeah. know? And, and then why even how... be concerned with other people to begin with? I don't yeah. got time. That's how the world changes. Focus on yourself. Yeah. I don't even Being make eye contact self. with people anymore. <laughs> You're not going to steal my soul. Like, I'm good. It's fine. You made eye contact with me. I liked you, though. <laughs> Aw. Aw. Like, I, I always can, like, get a sense of, you know, like, who ain't shit? <laughs> beforehand <laughs> I think some of our audience wants you to like be there when they're swiping left and right I, hey <laughs> that was funny hey I know how to pick them even when I've picked wrong it was 
with full awareness. Like, oh, you're going to ruin my life. Let's that sounds like a song. spend some time together. I want to hear the rest of the song. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But who would you like to have when we do start having guests? Who well, would you guys like to see? I think that because Roxanne Shante has a and I know Chi Chi is excited about this, but because I'm dancing, you can't see. Yeah, she's dancing. <laughs> um, because Roxanne Shante has a awesome the woman who played her, the young woman who played her is awesome. Yes, I was living for that ponytail. Okay. Snatchback so Hello. Tight. <laughs> Um, that she would be, and she's because she's a pioneer, mm-hmm. you know, she would be awesome. We would love to have you on the show and just pick your brain and just learn more about what you're doing and, 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 and just talk about your legacy. Cause it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like to like sit in a scythe with like LeChat or someone rough like that, like Kaya. I want to talk to Kaya. I wanna, oh my god! I want to yes. see her like go off in Do her the, titty dance. In the, yeah, like you know, Kaya, um, Lil Kim. But I feel like Lil Kim isn't ready to address what we all want to know and what we all want to <laughs> talk about. So until that time, you know, I met her in person, and she. I know people say this about certain people all the time, but we're we're all, I think, pretty astute where it, mm. when it comes to energy. I mean, like, the sweetest person. And even before you, like, get to her physically. You can feel. You can feel it. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. She's just, like, the sweetest. But, yes, obviously, there are questions. Yeah. Um, hmm. It's like, why not pour some of that sweetness on yourself? Like. You know? you know what I came to a a long time ago? I someone posted like a screenshot or maybe someone just had an old magazine of an interview that she did. Mm-hmm. Now it's been shared probably a lot. But at the time it had just came out and she talked about you the know Faith Evans thing. Like I don't know Faith, if that I'm was real sure or Faith fake was news. mentioned, but it was like more general. It was like every guy I've dated has yeah. always made comments about my complexion and this and that. Yeah. And Ugh. so I was like, to your point about our internal our introspection, our growth, Mm -hmm. that really messed with me. Like, I thought about it days after, and I was like, you know what, whatever the criticisms are, valid or or whatnot, when are we going to address the thing, the big elephant in the room, that this is problematic? God, I hate to go back to Drake and Pusha T, but I mentioned this to you guys once. You may or may not remember it. Mm -hmm. I found it ironic, and I guess that's the intellectual part of me, that... Part of the diss from Pusha to Drake was that he was, and also you mentioned Kanye. He's yeah. light skinned. Yeah, he's and his biracial. Afro didn't grow out. Those curly are the enough. same things in hip hop that will get a woman yeah. everything: mm-hmm. <laughs> exposure, a platform, a business. I just found that very interesting that he was being dissed. You know, if you just look at the male female divide, yeah. that's a knock. But if you're a woman, that's everything. It's mm. true. It's true. That's and really I feel like point. it's attributed to a lot of successes of people like, you know, Cardi B and Aaliyah even. Like, it It just so happens to help that she's gorgeous. I, for one, think that skin color isn't the thing that determines how cute you are. It's mm-hmm. your features. Right. Because ugly is ugly. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> but... It has nothing to do with 
complexion. And I feel like people just need to realize, like, we don't choose to be what we are. If I had a choice, I'd be a house cat and I'd be chilling, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm here and I'm a human being, you know? And I like, I don't like, it's like when, you know, you see like people on the train that like roll their eyes at you or look at you a certain way. It's like, sis, I didn't feed you to the point that you are now. Like I didn't force you to eat what you ate to get to where you're at. <laughs> like I didn't decide to be what I am now. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, like the powers that be just rolled the dice on me and everybody else. Like we need to just get over it. I feel like music is a, a microcosm of issues in the world, like society. And so what you see often portrayed in videos, what you see pushed in terms of images of beauty are often reflective of what's happening in society. Definitely. But I feel like music is innocent in all of this. It's just being exploited. The real thing is that the industry is everything that you just said. Mm -hmm. The industry is a microcosm. Not so much music, because music, like, I love to say this all the time, and I'll never stop. If you look at, like, the 70s, Everyone was singing about love and feeling love, and that kind of reflected it uh, in the times. Now it's bad bitches and red bones and laid edges, and that's where everyone's at. <laughs> right. Lay them edges. Yeah, like, Lay them come on now. And, and for me, I'm talking more about visually. So mm-hmm. the decisions that are made in terms of what you see, what an artist will will show you when they're doing their music, mm-hmm. right? Like who is featured in their videos? Who is the um, the main girl in the video, mm-hmm. right? Because who is watching those videos? Young girls are watching those exactly. videos. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's always the dark-skinned girl twerking in the trap house and the light-skinned girl riding in the car with the rapper. And, you know, maybe she'll get played, but not as hard right. as the other girls. It's like, it's I'm still it's waiting for, and I can't remember any specific video, but I'm like, I'm still waiting. I feel like in the last year, they've been including more women that are darker. But mm-hmm. I keep saying to myself, when am I going to see her as the lead, mm-hmm. as the girl, as the love interest? And not just any dark-skinned girl, like the average dark-skinned girl that you will see walking down the street. I feel like even if she's dark-skinned, she's like obscenely gorgeous <laughs> with the highest cheekbones yeah. and the curliest, most interesting texture of hair, quote-unquote, for those who don't see me. Like, you know, it's always just so extra. Like, even with Kendrick and that whole humble thing, first of all, I can't stand Kendrick. Uh-oh. I want to take this opportunity to say, Kendrick Lamar, your name is cool, but your voice is so grating. And wow. I can't get through two seconds of any song you put out. But when Humble came out, everyone was like, you know, he's talking about being natural and how he wants the real and, you know how all women are okay with being called bad bitches, but not this. But then on the flip, when you see the video, it's some Amazonian light-skinned chick <laughs> with, like, super curly Diana Ross hair. You know? It's just I just actually weird. love Kendrick Lamar. Um, but I will say this. Do. I will say this. In the age that we live in now, and I can't remember what video. This was some years back. He did... And he did an interview about this. He did purposely cast mm. a very chocolate woman as the lead um, over whoever, mm. you know, the directors were telling him mm-hmm. to cast. So I, 
Kendrick and, and everyone else, you know, baby steps, I guess. Um, I mean, but that was just like one video at one time. It would just be nice to have more balance, not even. Because yes, we're in a, I think we're in a time I, of extremes where it's like, well, this group was wrong, so now we're going to stick yeah. it to this group. And <laughs> that's why I question the authenticity of everything, including the Drake videos that we mentioned earlier. It's like, how, how, like, how much do you really care about it? And, it, and it's not to say that, you know, because you see a majority of light-skinned women featured on videos that there's something wrong with, you know, celebrating, you know, that. Mm-hmm. But I think, like you're saying, Chi, it has to be a balance because mm-hmm. there's all sorts of people. Yeah, true freedom. Right? At, like, you're, encompassing yes, true freedom, all. encompassing everybody. That's it. You know, making everyone visible. Exactly. That's, That's all everyone wants in the end anyway. Okay. Now I'm thinking... I'm, Kimber, what you said, now it's like starting to sprinkle down. So this is my refreshed take on the nice for what. Mm. I think, in my heart of hearts, that the video itself and the concept is authentic. However, the spirit mm-hmm. of the song may not be. Because if you think about it, he's saying, why you got to be nice for what to these dudes, right? Yeah. But if you, if you like, don't text him right back, we're going to get a whole four songs about it. Right. Mm. So I think that's, to your point, maybe it's the song itself that's not particularly authentic to who Drake is or who he's shown himself to At be all. up to this point. But the video itself, celebrating those women and Yara and all those, uh, all, Issa, all the great women that were Tiffany in Tiffany Haddish. Oh, yes. And that's Tiffany. the thing about it. <laughs> those women are, like, currently at the top of their game. So I feel like that whole song is basically, like, you got it going on. You're accomplished. Why do you owe anybody anything? But then what about all the other, all the other girls that are just, you know, pumping to Target <laughs> and doing a midday shift and bagging up these groceries. What about them? They're just supposed to submit? Like, you know, like, let's be clear. We're not clear. And it's like everyone just kind of just blows whichever way, like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, but you're not Tiffany Haddish. And you're not Issa Rae. So where does that leave you? But If just you're not like a this, woman of that caliber, where does that leave you? But just like this podcast, I, my hope is that someone will see themselves and Junie, and yourself, and even my crazy ass, right? <laughs> so I'm not saying I disagree, but I think when you look at that video, there's certain people that you see yourself in, and yes. so that's where the celebration comes in. Like for me, I really admire Issa Rae for because I started. Oh, I used to love I started her on watching what? her Awkward Black Girl. Yeah. What? And I I started watching that like years ago, mm-hmm. and to see how far she's come from starting out on YouTube to having an HBO right. series, it's right. like when I saw her in that video, I was like, wow, girl, like that's you're awesome. really doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you inspiring know? for sure. Yeah, but like the fact is, these people are one in a million. And everyone will go through different avenues in life. And I I think that everyone has a certain role that they will take on, be it, you know, like millionaire to just homeless, whatever. I feel like everyone has a place and I feel like everyone has to go through something in order for someone else to have what they have, whether we realize it or not. So, again, you know, like... You feature each Issa Rae. What about the woman that has, like, three kids and is working, like, two jobs just trying to make it happen and doesn't have it? Like, where does that leave 
the general population. But wasn't that kind of touched on with the God's plan? Yes. And that was a great Uh, video, too. I mean, you know, like, it was cute, you know, (laughs) handing out stuff to everybody. But again, that, that only happens, like, I mean, how often does that happen? I mean, or someone I have, wins I mean, the lottery. I have to say though, like, it's tough to, it's tough to um, make everyone feel like they are represented in every piece of work that you do, exactly. right? Because there's billions of people in the world, exactly, right? and that's why we just have to cut this <laughs> shit out and realize that you know, like, we're not the only beings in the universe for one, and two. That we have to hold ourselves in high esteem. And it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Focus on you. Focus on you. You can't leave it up to these icons to represent you or make you more visible. Because the fact is, we're the ones with the power. If we stop watching, if we stop talking collectively, what are we left with? What are they left with? So the Libra in me is saying, you're right. <laughs> this is where I am because I say that all the time. Like I'm very mindful, whether it's a YouTube person or a celebrity or actress, mm-hmm. or whatever, of people who really do fan the flames of I- idolatry. Okay. Make me your idol. Yeah. Versus those who do at least try to speak about or try to push you can be your best self or you can do this too. Yeah. I'm very mindful of that. I'm also mindful of the fact that these people wouldn't have careers to an extent if people, if, you know, the majority of folks weren't happy yeah. with their day to day. Like they're kind of dependent on what 70% of us just not, oh, this is my escape. Mm-hmm. Watching this movie, listening to this music as opposed to, you know, to take it way back to the motherland, everybody was a Beyonce or a Kendrick Lamar. Everybody sang. Yeah. Everybody created yep. before we got put into this system, right? Quite right. So once we got into the system, then it was like, oh, you know, we're going to create this industry. These, you know, these folks have the ability to sing, dance, whatever, mm-hmm. but only a few We'll be able, and that's where we had the 70s, which you were talking about, Junie, that were filled with, like, the love songs. Oh, yeah. And then, to your point, it was manipulated, Mm -hmm. and I remember the shift, at least in hip-hop. I remember when we went, and I have it on the website. Sorry, Mm -hmm. shameless plug. Um, But just being honest, as I was building the website, and I'm going through chronologically when it started. It started Mm -hmm. with spoken word. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, spoken word. Even before... I'm not a fan of spoken word. It makes what? me uncomfortable, but yes. Even before, like, the Cool Herx and African by my, before it became hip-hop. It, yeah. I'm using air quotes like you guys can see me. Um, and then we went to the African Bambadas and the Cool Herx and then Run DMC and all those guys. And when we got to Public Enemy, all of a sudden, when everybody was like, you know, 911 is a joke and we were just getting in that groove, NWA came out. Mm-hmm. That's really that is love it, hate it, dissect it, do whatever you want. That's when the tide turned mm-hmm. because people were shocked at first. Yeah, like why is everybody a hoe and a bitch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but like, okay. then they also connected to some of the radicalism that you know Flavor Flav and and Chuck D started, mm-hmm. but they added more to the pot. It wasn't just about fuck the police. It was mm-hmm. like all the other hoes and bitches also. 
And they were like, okay, this is a new way to yeah. So you feel like that was a turning point, right, for hip hop? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was because like I remember even just when hip hop had that little moment in like 2000, that little bracket, it was all feel good, lovey dovey, thug loving, you know, like I'm (laughs) down, you're down, we're in this together. Yeah, like. It was all good. And then it just goes back to, you know, bitches and hoes. And like I said, music is a reflection of the time. So now, even when I would just be like in a room with guys, just hanging out, doing whatever I'm doing, it's like instead of girl or she, it's this bitch, that bitch, 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 bitch. Like it's a pronoun and it's dictated from these people. It's just a weird... But women let their... I, this happened a few years ago, because at first I thought it was like a one-off thing. <laughs> I do social media for a living and for fun. And I noticed, I was like, wait, this is becoming a thing. Women were letting their boyfriends call them their bitch. Oh, child. No. I'm like, when did that become a thing? Yeah. Ever Like, really? So that's like, that's on, and you know, the so collective us also. And it's glamorized, too. It's yeah. like glamorized. It's like to be a bitch means you're kept by like this badass that has money and you get to be draped in all this designer until you're gunned down in a drive-by or your house is raided and you're broken homeless, like whatever. But to that point, what's bad bitch hysteria? That's what I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> It's everything and then some... And we're going to make it what we want it to be. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people, you know, with the word bitch, they say it's, what is it, broad and total control of herself. So people have sort of reclaimed the word. Mm-hmm. I could see you that. Know? Because I feel like as long as you're someone that's not going to lay over and take shit, you're always going to be a bitch. You're always going to be an asshole. You're always going to be arrogant. Anytime it's not conventional, like... You're not running around kissing ass and, you know, licking toes. It's like, oh, you're a bitch. Yeah, where did toe licking come? I mean, I, to <laughs> me, like, groveling is just, you know, just that. Mm. Licking toes. Just groveling. Just out here wanting everybody to like you and caring I, how people feel. I think things. it could be a power word, though, you know? Like it's, any other word. It's, it's, it's really about how it's used. Mm-hmm. Who is saying it to whom, mm-hmm. and how you are internalizing it? Time and place. Well. Yeah, yeah. Right? because like you know, words are powerful. Music is powerful, and all of those things are things that we project because humans are powerful. I've never had anyone I dated, not even in an argument, call me a bitch. No one would dare. Like if you what? are on the street and and you just look at me, you're like, bitch. I would laugh actually. Like I wouldn't care. But the person that I hold most dear should not introduce me <laughs> to the world, social media, or, or a friend. It's, oh, this is my bitch. Yeah, no, That's not different. when we laying up, mm-hmm. laying up and I'm cooking and doing whatever else, you know, feet to the ceiling, and then you're going to turn around and call me a bitch. Are you crazy? Are you insane? Speaking of, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are um, familiar. Maybe you're at least familiar with one of these. Hopefully both. Mm, hopefully Shift a little bit. So women as metaphors in hip hop. So I like okay. that. Common has the song, I Used to Love Her. Fine ass Common with that deep ass <laughs> voice. Yes. Shout out to Common. <laughs> Lenny, Lonnie. Um, but, you know, it's you listen to the song and you realize the her is hip hop, mm-hmm. right? And then Tupac. It's an acronym. Yeah, Tupac has 
me and my girlfriend, mm. which is, he's even talking about busting nuts and stuff, which is obviously, but he's talking about a gun, yeah. like busting shots. So those are just two examples that I was able to just reflect on. But mm. I couldn't think of any songs where a woman, a, a female MC was spitting and like the do was a metaphor for something. Mm. I mean, there's Erica Badu with her take on that spin that she did with Common. Uh, what is it called? Love of my life. Yeah, love of my mm. life. Like that yeah, was her that kind yeah, of I take on it. Yes. But I don't know. I I just think that women are more men don't serve as like an escape. If anything, men in terms of like women's music is always the subject of some kind of conflict or a potential to be like romance, you know, like Jill Scott had um, Love Rain. That kind of, I guess, touched on um, like how a man could like shape, you know, your life and come in that form of like, you know, I think she described like cumulus clouds and mm -hmm. like, stuff like that and then she used like term musical terminology like staccato to describe like the um rhythm of the relationship mm. and like his intent and how he made her feel and all of that like but beyond that I don't know I haven't really heard yeah. anything like that's that that's a challenge by the way yeah to anyone who's listening because I haven't heard every single song by every female mm -hmm. yeah leave a MC. comment if you have <laughs> If you've heard, you've um, heard any men used as analogies. I, I feel like my relationship with hip-hop is like a guy. I feel like when I was 10 years old, I heard something, but I wasn't into hip-hop yet. Mm -hmm. I heard some song, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had like, oh, he's cute. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like, you know, I probably had, you know, some Erica Badu's or some songs that came along the way where I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I think I kind of, I think I kind of have a crush because like like you guys, that. I had to sneak and listen to it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't mm -hmm. until high school that I was like, oh, <laughs> there's like every morning I'm listening to somebody's album. Then I feel like we were kind of like dating. Yeah. Like that's when I started like, OK, you could be my boo. Um, I'd say for me, it's like hip hop was always like that gross kid in the class that you weren't really <laughs> attracted to never really paid any mind to it's like oh it's him he eats glue and picks his nose and pees on himself and then you know now I feel like it's come a long way and for me my soft spot is always tone of voice and production so it's like hip-hop just becomes like this grown and sexy man from what he used to be. I guess it would be kind of like a reunion in a sense and seeing him in like a different light and like he's more polished now. Has some drug problems, <laughs> clearly, because that's where we're at. But, you know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I just think what to say, I mean. I just, you know... When I think about hip-hop, I sort of feel very nostalgic when I think about how it started and the roots of hip-hop. And artists like MC Lie and Queen Latifah, you know, Salt and Pepper. And then when I think of it today, I'm like, are the things that are coming out now, like trap and all of that, 
which I can go to the club. I don't really go to the club. I'm gonna be real. I'm not. But I'm not a club. I can dance in my living room, you know, to that music. But is that something that when I am 65 years old and I'm sitting with my grandkids, I want to be like, yeah, because this was a hit, you know, when I was a young person. You know, that's that's something I get torn on because yeah. the the music seems so commercialized now. Yeah, it doesn't that have it takes that out of feel. That, it takes from the the rawness, the the realness, the way I used to connect to it. Mm-hmm. And I see it more as like something I can work out to or yeah. you know, but I don't it's connect temporary. in the same way. It's temporary. It's temporary, exactly. Yeah. That's There's the like word. An it's temporary date on it for sure. Like I feel like today's music is literally just like candy. Like it's something sweet. It tastes nice, but it's not actually good for and you. And that's across the board, yeah. even my favorite artist. I think that's why Solange's album was so, so well-received. Because she took her time. She took four years, I think. Mm-hmm. I think eight, no? It was years. Yeah. yeah. And so good. And then the concept was refreshing. Like, that's why Frank Ocean is held in such high esteem. And he's so highly anticipated because he has something different to offer. And I mm. feel like that's another thing that hip-hop is starting to lose sight of. It's just about getting this money, getting these streams, getting whatever else, but... Instant the, gratification. Yeah, that as well. It's just, like, the thing that made hip-hop hip-hop was that it's it was, like, a tapestry. It was a patchwork of what someone else mm-hmm. had to offer. Everyone had something unique to offer, just like any other um, genre of music. And now it's just kind of reduced to, like... It's just very uniform. It's all the same. And it's just all really kind of weak. Like Shout out to Rhapsody because <laughs> she's a real lyricist. Right. And as you were saying that, that was such a beautiful way that you spoke. Missy Elliott popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Love Missy Elliott. Love her. Yeah. And that's, like you said, that tapestry, that patchwork, that yeah. the layers is definitely missing. There's a formulaic thing going on and I think reality TV may have had a little something mm. oh, absolutely. to do with it. Because every girl that makes her love and hip hop debut sounds like the girl from last season or what's out now. Everyone's trying to do that fast rapping thing you know about talking about how they go here and there how they bust it open for this person and that person and how they be shopping and their bundles are on fleek. It's exhausting. Let's go around starting with Junie and we'll come this way. Talk about Cardi B. I love Cardi B. I mean, I think that she's interesting in the sense that she built her social media presence um, from, you know, her funny videos mm-hmm. and her commentary. And I don't really watch reality shows. I know that's how she came about in terms of people getting to know her on a, on a television wide level, um, but in terms of how she presents, I love that she is authentically herself, very much so. I don't feel like there's any filter, and that's what I appreciate about her. I like that when she's, you know, spinning lyrics. I feel like I can sort of hear her story in it, and that's what I find intriguing and interesting about her well I don't necessarily share the same sentiments however um I'm proud of her progression Mm -hmm. like um I'm happy that she's not a stripper anymore 
I don't think that that was ever her place. I definitely do feel like she is meant to be an entertainer because she has all of the attributes that you need to be an entertainer. Like she's outspoken. She's got energy. She does that tongue thing. Like (laughs) it's cute. She has awesome sounds. Yeah. But like, I don't know. She's not someone that I would like align myself with like in life whether she was famous or not so it's like it's hard for and and then I mean I'm kind of like a long-winded motherfucker to begin with (laughs) so I'm very particular about language and words and it's like if your hook is little bitch you can like it's like all right (laughs) okay like eh. and then I like to listen to a lot of like left field rappers like Freddie Gibbs is like one of my favorite people right now. Mm-hmm. Danny Brown with oh, his angry antsy voice. Like I like Danny Brown. So it's like, it's hard for me to get into her. Hmm. So mm, I found Cardi. I didn't even have her on Instagram. Somebody kept sharing her stuff on Tumblr. And she was making me laugh so hard. I was, like, sending the links to my friends. And I was just like, I don't know who this crazy chick is, but I love her. And then finally somebody, like, in one of the posts said her name. And I was like, oh, Cardi B. And like you, Junie, I don't watch um, reality TV. But I do watch, like, I see the memes. And so I know some of the cultural references, like, when she her forever and things like that. Yeah. (laughs) So then I was like, oh, like, I knew somewhere out there she was on a reality show, but I never watched it. And then she blew up and she did Bodak Yellow. And actually before Bodak Yellow, she she filmed a, a, a video on my old neighborhood, your neighborhood, The Heights. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because, you know, identify with the neighborhood. And then Bodak Yellow came out, but I didn't listen to it right off. And then I did like the beat. And I, I, liked, like I was it. like, yes, this is something I can get like live to, whatever. However, when her album came out, I, and I don't remember all the tracks. I know Like It Like That is pretty popular there. Some other songs, um, they were okay. I didn't feel like it was something again that I was like, "Oh, I gotta listen to this song." There were right. no songs that I was like, even to this day, I will still get lit off of Bodak Yellow. I but- listened to it today <laughs> to hype myself up before I left. Okay, <laughs> you weren't leveling up. <laughs> I like Sierra too. You I like. Know what I, I mean? was actually watching a bunch of dance videos. What? But just to close out with Cardi, um, I like her progression, like you said, Kimber. Um, Whatever problems, I finally got to the point where I'm like, whatever problems people have with Cardi as far as how she presents herself or what have you, then to my answer to you, then get more representation out there of what you want to see. Exactly. It's not about pulling her down or taking her off the mantle, then get more of the type of folks you want to see out there. That's, that's exactly my take. that's exactly why when you ask like Oh, and congrats to Cardi on the baby oh, culture. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> girl. But that's exactly how I feel about artists. It's more I appreciate you for creating content that allows me to feel something, to feel inspired, to get motivated, to get hyped. Right. Now, am I you know, exactly the same as you? Do we share the same kind of sentiments about everything? 
Not necessarily, but I'm just in support of women putting themselves out there and being authentically them. And I feel like Cardi B is authentically herself. And that's Mm. what I appreciate about her. I can agree with that. She's definitely no holds barred. Like you see those little videos of her blacking on fans. Like I need my personal space. I'm a person too, whatever. Like I like all of that. I like her long nails. I like all her wigs. I like her aesthetic. It's just lyrically, she doesn't do anything for me. Like, I'm not stimulated. I don't really want to know what's going on in her life. Like, I'm not drawn to her. And I don't think that that's, that speaks to who she is as an artist. But, like, for me, like, for people such as myself, I just feel like, you know, her lyrics are kind of written in crayon. And it's just like, all right, girl. There's a shift happening. You know, we can't talk about music without talking about social media mm-hmm. in these times. And so Horrible. to go back to Cardi, I think she she shifted things, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what you think of her as an artist, to the point where everyone that was someone, whether you were a influencer or an artist, whether you're Beyonce or someone like that, you have this perfectly crafted image. All your mm-hmm. pictures are so perfect. Every piece of hair is laid, the makeup, the every. And the fact that Cardi time and again will just pull out her camera okay. and say, I just woke up, motherfuckers. I have no makeup on. I have cold in my eye. Reality What's realistic. Up? She has them all shook. And even the ones that you don't think are shook are shook because everybody was finally like, people like me, I have to take like, you know, 15 pictures before I'm okay to Mm -hmm. post the picture to, to Instagram. Right. So she let us all have a collective fuck you. I'm going to go on like as myself. You're going to see me with my braids, without my braids, with my weave, with my my afro. I love that because she's relatable. But she killed it for a lot of people because that's why this is this is my conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. That's why I think Jay and Beyonce had to be more open about what was going on. You can't come out with some perfectly crafted image anymore and a concert and come buy my tickets and we're perfect and, you know, don't ask us any questions. So we still can't ask them any questions, but they answered us. I'm not that interested, first of all. But you know what I mean? Like people have to be, you have to, even if it's fake, you have to come across now as more authentic. And I credit that to Cardi. Yeah. Authenticity is invaluable. And like I said, it's it's what shapes the music industry, no matter what genre. Like, you literally have to come with something different every time. And when you sound like every other person that just came out, like these little kids, these 21-year-olds that look like my little cholos, like, you know, <laughs> they got the tats. They look like sad, thug, stuffed animals, and they all sound the same, and they all rap about the same stuff. It's it's I just... want a sad thug stuffed animal. What? Yeah. <laughs> like build like a an bear. actual stuffed animal. Yeah, like build like a bear. Sad thug. Get a little sharpie and just write that would like be so cute. Just do a little teardrop. We should get sharpie. that. For I'm giving both of them like an eye. Like what? <laughs> so okay. y'all di- y'all didn't like the Fifi video? Speaking of sad thugs, rainbow colored hair. I don't pay attention I to that child. It had like five million views in a very short Honestly, amount of time. Honestly, the things that have <laughs> millions and millions me. of views I, I sometimes are very questionable to me. Like mm-hmm. how? So what's what's up with Nikki? Nikki 
has lost <clears throat> the very like basically Safari was the hand up her butt that was making her mouth move. Like he was her puppeteer. And now it's like like the steam is literally gone. Like since that breakup, her her lyrical content hasn't been the same. I get reinvention. I get that. I'm for that. Cause I for one don't want to hear the same shit every year. But when you go from spitting rapid fire, you got all these solid like similes and analogies and metaphors, and you're just like ill and then you just become 10 words per feature like you just you slow down and then it's like bullshit like it's not even typical Nikki like it like we can't pretend to not notice like though it may never be confirmed and Safari is like somewhat honorable because he just says that he just wants credit for his work mm -hmm. it do, he doesn't ever really in it say what his work was i for one feel like he was her voice box because when you hear him freestyle it sounds he does like, sound her. like her when he does his freestyles. so in that case that tells me she sounded like him and now she has no voice and she's flailing this chun Li thing is tired i like chun Li. i was listening to that today yeah, I like it's it tired. i like chun Li. I didn't like the, the Barbie the, things. The Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> but I just feel like it's just not her best. Like, And when you put yourself on that like level, I can't, I'm not, I, don't you dare lower that bar. Don't you dare step below what you've put out. Like Monster, like I want to hear more of that. Yeah. I want to hear more of what you were in the beginning. All of this stuff now where it's like, you know... Watch your mouth. I'm from the South. I want to sit on your face. We'll do it on my couch. Like, come on now. So you didn't like the pink print? No. I actually, that was one of the, that, honestly, that was the first album where I actually downloaded like a few songs from. I will say this. I think as an artist, it's tough to constantly recreate yourself. Every single album, you know, you have to come out evolved, sort of. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, you don't want to keep hearing I the don't. same thing over and over. And, you know, we don't know Nikki personally. We don't know what's going on, what's happening with her. Um, but I think she's a person. And I respect her as an artist. I've, I mean, I was a really big fan at one point, mm -hmm. I still really respect her art and appreciate her. Um, but I, th I think I think I think it becomes tough for artists. Sometimes you reach a a point where, you know, you're soul searching, and perhaps mm -hmm. that's where she is right now. Soul searching, or she's searching for a new writer. I think she's probably soul searching. I don't know. Like some of her features, I actually was like, oh, okay. That made me think that whatever the next two singles were, were going to be like, maybe not to the monster level, but like, you know what I mean? Like up there. And I was disappointed with Barbie Tings. I do like Chun-Li. I, I listen to it a lot. Um, but I think the reason monster is held so high in esteem is not just the lyrical content. And this is my own perspective. I think it was the first time a girl was on a track where she wasn't just the girl on She's the track. holding her own, yeah. And it made other male artists like, 
I want that energy on one of my next songs. Mm -hmm. And we just never saw it again. Exactly. Because, frankly, I feel like her backing is gone. Like, that's just it. You can lose all the faith in the industry. You could fall off all you want. Roxanne Shantae had that point where Mm. she wasn't doing music anymore. But if you got it, you got it. And I don't think she had it. Do you think, since they were together, her and Safari, for over 12 years, let's just play devil's advocate. Let's say Mm. that instead of him being the the hand up her her butt, as you say, let's say they actually were just collaborating all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. To whatever degree. Energy sharing. And the fact that, let's just take the music out of it. Mm -hmm. You've been with someone for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, even if he wasn't as involved as some people say he was in her music creative process, that just still being out there a few years later, after having been with someone for 12 years, could affect your, your, your creativity, your music? Yes. Sure, but like, let's look at Little Kim. When Biggie died, right, and she was coming out with the Notorious K.I.M. album, like there was that whole, I think there was like a little docu-series going on, something, somewhere or another. She basically got around to saying, I would look at this blown up photo of Biggie on my wall and I would just like zone in and think about what he'd want me to do or how he'd want me to sound or how he he would write this and she still carries him with her but that's biggie but that's That's a different situation because like a legend he passed away and nikki is dealing with breaking up yeah but i mean essentially there's still some separation Mm. and there's still heavy involvement and there's still the spiritual tie and there's oh, the still spiritual that influence is definitely there. because Kim <laughs> does sound like Biggie when she raps and Nikki does sound like, or she did rather sound like Safari when she raps. And I guess now that they are not together anymore, she is left with somewhat, you know, some kind of soul searching because maybe she could conjure up something that would sound like what she used to sound like, but maybe she is trying to find more so herself. But then it's like, if you're going to find yourself, it can't be whack, hun. Like, it can't be whack because you've already set this bar for yourself. And now it just looks like you're slipping. That's just how I feel about it. Like, it just looks like you're you're on the decline. Like, now you're just lost and confused. You're lost in the world. It's not. I know personally, I want you guys to weigh in. There came a point where I was like, Oh, I got to figure this out. Not that I hadn't done things independently before. People would definitely describe me as independent. But when I went from 13 years with the same person to kind of being out there and having a, you know, a relationship here, a relationship there, I didn't suffer um, career-wise, but I will say I had to adjust, adjust and shift and kick and Come on, girl, like yell at myself and get to the point where I was like, oh, I'm good. And there's no. But that takes time. Yes, there's no specific timeline for that because healing is very individual. 
Sure, but when you're in the industry, it's at an accelerated pace. Even if your head is falling off, they're going to be like, can you still record at (laughs) four? Okay, great. You want to pop these mollies and like down some champagne and get to work for us? Fabulous, because we need this to be out by such and such a time. And then Mm -hmm. we have a press conference here and a press conference there. If that's the case, then you need to withdraw. But she's at a point where she set that bar too high. So it's like now if she says, I am formally resigning from hip hop or I am taking a leave of absence. I don't know when I'll be back. She can't afford to do that because her whole career with the help of Safari has become this thing where she's like an icon to some. She's basically a deity. And now it's like, you know, like I feel like only really diehard Nikki fans are still riding with her. I'm what not can a we say about everybody Nikki else? Fan, but I'm kind of like Junie. It's like I like watching people's progression. Mm-hmm. And now she's become the underdog. So I think some people, maybe they're not necessarily rooting for her, mm-hmm. but they're very tuned in and curious to see what she's going to come with. Um, she's saying the reason she's pushing it back from a week is because there's a Tracy Chapman yes. single that needs to be cleared. That automatically I was like, made oh, me like, whoa, okay. wait a minute. And now this is a time where we can do some predictions. We can, make, we can make, take some bets. She said not only was it the Tracy Chapman single, um, Waiting for Clearance, um, that one of the best of all time is on this track. Man, woman... Who do like you think it is? She didn't say who she it didn't was. Say who it was. So I'm true. asking you guys, who do you think it could be? One of the best of all time. I don't know, because to me, the best of all time is Kanye West. But um, I don't know. It could be anybody. It could be anybody. It could be like Cher. <laughs> it could be anybody. Like the best of all time well, is a very the best subjective thing. of all time. Okay. Well, I still feel like that's very subjective. So there's no real way to like predict that. Like, who could it be? I feel like it could be like Jay Z. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. It could be like any of the the top three. Yeah. Or the I top was five either. Because I've been seeing little. Because I follow everybody, old school, new school, on the hip hop scriptures account, and from you know how people put like subliminal. I think it could be Foxy Brown, and we haven't even mentioned her I today. I love that. And they have a a bit of a. A I, sisterhood, a kinship. I would and they, love that. I think it could be Foxy Brown. That would be well, awesome. That's not impossible. That's cool. That's cool. That would be awesome. But again, me being the cynical stickler <laughs> that I am, what about you, though? Like, what are you going to bring? But here's my thing. Creatively, the fact that there's a Tracy Chapman single, that made me you go. You can't hide behind hmm, Tracy Chapman, I'm not saying she can hide. It just makes me think she's going a little bit. You know what I mean? She's doing the work. She's digging, digging. She's got the shovel. She's trying to find something. I feel like there's going to be some surprises. I'm not saying it's going to be the blockbuster breakout album of 2018, but I do think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. I just like how people are like taking pages from Kanye's book by featuring artists that are totally like acoustic and rod. <laughs> no, that's really true. Cool. My whole, don't even get me started. My thing with taking, I, I made a post and it got under some people's feathers on my personal account mm-hmm. because I noticed um, when 444 came out and I wasn't the only one that noticed mm-hmm. the artwork 
first of all, it was orange and black. It was highly reminiscent of Life of Pablo. Listen, Jay. Then you had no ID do the production, who's Kanye's mentor. Then there was like a gospel choir. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Beyonce singing gospel. Someone had to correct me in the comments. Yep. But I was like, come on. Like, I enjoyed the album, but like, for y'all to be beefing and you to take the same That's color scheme, his mentor, the guy, who, who before Kanye was really having like gospel mixed with hip hop? You can hate him or love him, but Jesus Walks was the beginning. Junie's going to listen to Ultralight Beam. She's going <laughs> to hear Kirk Franklin on home, there. I do. I listen do. to everything. Because like, even the latest album from The Carters, I feel like it's coming. Do not have the beehive coming for us, please. Bring it. Because... Let me just not. I'll digress <laughs> for now. But um, you should see the face Junie's making. Her. <laughs> but um, you views know. expressed by Kimber. <laughs> yes, we can do that disclaimer. It's me. Come at me, bro. Come at me, but no, bro. No, go ahead. You were saying the but, Carters. Yeah, the Carters. Like they're from what I heard because I didn't really listen to it, admittedly. But the the pieces that I got from it. It was like very unconventional, very offbeat, very off the like kind of what Kanye's doing now with good music, like that whole avant-garde, weird, trippy kind of like not really this, not really that, but it's something, you know, like I feel like Jay, it's just Big Brother on repeat for eternity. Like Jay don't got no good ideas. Jay isn't that creative beyond his lyrics and he's always going to be siphoning something off of Kanye, even if they don't call each other at night to ask if I they're agree. watching Snapped. Like, even the visual album. Yeah. When he did, um, oh my goodness, my, my, my Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy, mm-hmm. that was actually supposed to be a visual album. The rumor is, um, allegedly, that Jay told him that wasn't a good idea, so he did the 30-minute runaway right and then immediately after beyonce did the visual album mm-hmm. my poor baby they just keep taking ideas and running with so, them and- but just to like close things out before we do some shout outs i just want to get you guys take because you know the fact that like we started by saying having a hip-hop conversation and i'm like getting chills because this is so this has been very an amazing experience with both of you guys definitely that we're actually yes. leading the conversation as opposed to being a sidekick um talk about whatever you think about the charlemagne situation and how it was handled and how people did or didn't speak on it um, especially the women in his circle i mean there's only so much i can say because i personally have never been a victim of sexual abuse, though I've come close to it um, once at a very young age mm-hmm. and um, probably more times than I realize. But, you know, the powers that be have, like, protected me and guided me thus far. Um, I just feel like we need to get out of that whole 1920s, 1950s whatever time period it's from that perception that you know women are supposed to are just for the picking like you know guys think just because they like you and they're into you and they like you know they tell you they want to fuck you like it's a compliment Mm -hmm. instead of you know actually trying to like get to know you as a human being first 
you know, like that needs to change. I've, you know, encountered and come across so many men that, you know, refer to women as bitches just by default. Like they don't even think about it. It's just, yeah, this bitch, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and it's like, if the, if you don't like them the way they like you, they're pissed at you about it. And then I feel like Charlemagne came up in the time where, you know, it's like everyone's kind of lusty and just rolling up on each other, like whatever, you know, and you can give a girl Spanish fly or whatever, and she'll be with it and that's it. And there's no real second thought and there's no consequence. And I feel like so many of the women that also enable that behavior by being around these people, by giving themselves to people that don't see them as a human being first, they enable it. And it's like, let's be real. Like when you, when you expose yourself to that, like girls that are, um, you know, and I'm not saying it's not possible to be like sexually open and into whatever you're into, but I personally believe that promiscuity has um, it has a downside. And I feel like girls that do that and, you know, enable men that do things like that cry themselves to sleep at night, whether they care to admit it or not. So it's like it's not just the men. It's the women, too. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like collectively we just need to break out of that mindset that, you know, it's just nature. It's just the culture. It's just how we're supposed to be. It's just how things are. Cause it's not, it's not like it's your insides. It's your, your body. It's your soul. Like it's so much more than sex and no one is willing to admit that. I feel like that's the first thing mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed because Charlemagne isn't the first and he won't be the last. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, I, I appreciate what you said, Kemper. So I'm not, I don't know. I don't really have anything to to add because I, I agree with you. I think it's something that happens to a lot. I mean, with the whole Me Too movement, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that happens to a lot of women. Yeah. You know, I've had a similar experience to what you were talking about as a child. Mm -hmm. So it's it's something that unfortunately is common. And I don't it's so I don't common. I don't like saying this like it's common. That sounds terrible. That's not how it is, but but it's yeah. it's true. And um, speaking about it gives gives it more gives women more empowerment. So whatever you're going through, sharing it gives it more empowerment. But mm -hmm. I I think like how we're talking about it right now. It's it's I think it's more important for us to focus on what the women are experiencing, mm -hmm. how they're able to vocalize what they're experiencing. I think that's the key because sometimes we we don't talk about things and it gives the person who did the thing mm -hmm. more power. So yeah, it's important because they get to get away with yeah, it. Yeah, it's important for us to continue to talk about how we feel. Yeah. And vocalize it. I feel like Dave Chappelle said it best on his Netflix special when he made that um, that comparison to riding the train with twenty five thousand mm, dollars, saying yeah. that he has something on him that he knows everybody wants and would kill him for if he knew they had it. Like he feels like that's how women must feel with their vaginas. Mm. It's it's I feel like he said it best. Like everybody wants a piece of ass. It doesn't matter who you are. And the fact is that. 
we have to teach and we have to know for ourselves, especially as women. That's one thing I'll always be thankful to my father and my mother for. They've instilled that in me. Like, you need to be respected as a human being first. Right. And, you know, like, Steve Harvey didn't really deliver it well either because he kind of sounded a little pimpish, talking about, you know, like, men will dive deep to get your pearl, so you got to fi- sell it to the highest bidder and all of that. Like, I believe in giving yourself to someone out of love, out of respect, whatever your interest is, even if it's money, but it has to be on your terms. Mm-hmm. So going to bring it back to Charlemagne, but you mentioned pimpish, and mm-hmm. I was an odd 10-year-old who was reading a lot of Donald Goins novels, <laughs> all of them, uh, Horson, Dope Fiend, and I did a post a while back about, um, he, you know, he took after Iceberg Slim, mm-hmm. who wrote Pimp, which sold a ridiculous amount of copies during a time of no social media um, and it wasn't covered by the traditional media. Mm-hmm. And because I kept investigating and investigating the, what's behind, you know, pimp, what I found was, and this is a topic for another time, where pimp, why pimping is so prevalent in our community. And it wasn't what I thought. It was actually due to what when we came up through the mi- migration. We came north and we thought there were going to be all these jobs, mm-hmm. the men and the women, um, some were killed. Some were given the most dangerous jobs. Some were just told out flat out inward, you're not getting this job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once we were up here, a lot of us that were kind of left, I hate to say leftover, but kind of left out of everything were like, well, what are we going to do? Yep. So it actually came out of survival. Mm-hmm. We can do something about it now. Yeah. But that's where the pimp culture, why it's so ingrained in our community. Um, as far as the Charlemagne situation, to your point, he's not the first or last who has that that or who had that because he says he's grown from it. Yeah. Um, view what I was more so, and one one person I unfollowed was you know the rush to defend him. So one person even said he was innocent, didn't even know all the facts, and kind of embarrassed herself. And another one just completely tap tiptoed around it. And my thing is, if that were my brother, uncle, right. whoever. Maybe I, in my head or maybe outside of the public eye, I'm like, wait, let me go get more facts. Mm-hmm. But if I have a platform, I'm going to say something to the effect of before I figure out, you know, what's going on with my brother, my, my friend, whatever, I will say what I heard was horrible. The dialogue about the Spanish fly was horrible. Mm-hmm. And maybe something else about, like, to your point, how we have to get away from that and understand that it's more than sex. It's it's a sacred exchange of energy. Yep. Um, but I was just very turned off that no one even, even if you don't speak out against the person, that you could speak out against the problem. Yeah. That that really turned me off and hit a nerve with me. Yeah. And I think that if women, more women were in charge of a lot of these radio platforms, it would have been a, a different discussion. Completely different. Completely. It's just, I don't know, we have a lot of growing up to do, whether we we realize it or not. And um, I mean, like, it's just, it's like you said, it's ingrained. And then the sad thing about that is like, it's typically, you know, depicted in a lot of like 
our media, like urban novels. Like I remember the Omar Tyree novels where oh, you talk yes. about like this girl going to some dude's house and there's people having sex in the next room. And it, like, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of sticky and, and weird. But again, right is right and wrong is wrong. And Charlemagne was all the way wrong. And I don't know that I can believe that he's grown from it because, I mean, prior to this, had it never been brought up, what would have happened? He would have been handing out donkey of the day and, you know, judging and slinging all kinds of insults and shade and whatever else until that point. And I wonder why all of this is coming out now. Like, who hasn't renewed their Illuminati subscription? Like, why is this happening? Where all of a sudden there's this huge upheaval of all these, like, sex scandals. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Well, we have a couple minutes left. Um, So, June, if you want to have the last word and give shout-outs, then we can give any other Yeah, I want to just say, like, based on everything that was said... That's why it's so important that we're here in this moment, mm-hmm. right? That we're here to speak on things and empower each other and talk about artists and talk about the legacy of hip hop, yeah. you know? So yeah. this was this was really great. Yeah, I'm glad we did it. And I, I'm really, I love the way it feels. Like, you know, we've only known each other for like 10 seconds, but <laughs> I feel like Truly. I'm hanging out with good friends. I like yes. it. And I like what we've done here today. Um, the only shout out I have is to general public. Get your shit together. It stops there. My shout out is keep being awesome. And remember that the key is whatever you're going through starts with you. My shout out. I have a few. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. First shout out. I know we talked a little bit about Drake and Pusha T. I want to give a shout out to um, if you're on Instagram, it's at. Cleo for short, C-L-E-O for short. She was the winner of a battle, and part of what she won was a mentor mentorship from Pusha T. So shout out to Tell her. Tell Pusha T to cut his braids off. <laughs> Those dead ends. I want to give a quick shout out to Ween. I'm a proud Ween member, and they I attended the Ween Academy uh, graduation earlier this week. So shout out to Valicia and Sabrina and Christy and Lauren and, and all the and all the people that do all the great work um, and Jasmine behind the scenes. And, um, yeah, I echo you guys' sentiment to the general public, to our women, to our ladies. I want to give a shout-out to all the guys. I'm not going to name all of them, but you guys don't even know. There's so many men that want to be on this show as a guest. Um, We got everybody from comedians to rappers to producers, you name it. And I think one of the most important shout-outs, donate to our Patreon patreon.com shout out to us all you gotta do is go to patreon.com slash bad bitch hysteria so keep us going you guys keep us going if there's topics you want to see us covered you want to help us get some guests there's so many different ways make sure you follow us on instagram at popping off pink follow us on twitter share we'll be sharing some uh pictures maybe some videos soon Um, So let us know what you think, and we're just so happy. We're all happy to be here together, but we're happy to be sharing this moment with you. It's history. It's historical for women in hip-hop. It's bad bitch hysteria. Yeah, absolutely. It's about to sweep.